What's up? What's up? Welcome to Diary of a Brooklyn Chick. It's Anitha, and I'm so happy to be here. It's a super special episode because I have one of my nearest and dearest here with me, my mom. As you know, this is Mother's Day weekend, and I am not a mother yet, hopefully someday. Um, but I have my mother here with me to share some wisdom and tips for mothers and all the mothers out there. And me and my mom have a super close relationship. She's like my best friend. I go to her with anything, and I never have to feel judged or reprimanded, you know. She gives me her opinions. I might not agree with some of her opinions sometimes. She might not agree with mine, but she's so understanding and so compassionate and so empathetic to me. So I am so happy to have my mom here with me today. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy, and welcome to the show. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers of the world. Have a blessed day. For sure, for sure. So I figured we'll do like a question and answer kind of thing. I ask you some questions. You give me some answers and all that good stuff. How does that sound? Sounds great. Awesome. So my first question to you, Mom is how long have you been a mother i'll say 31 years plus what is the plus because you're going to be turning past 31 32 the the year yeah but i've been a mother to so many people be it a spiritual mom or people have come to me advice and people people have come and says i would like you as my mom i'm like okay and then some of your friends most of your friends i've became like their mom yeah adopted mom so i'll say 31 years plus Okay, awesome. So my next question for you, Mommy, is how would you define motherhood? Motherhood doesn't come just because a person has a baby or give birth to a child. Mm -hmm. I think motherhood encompasses a large spectrum of things, and it comes to the actual care, nurturing, raising, reprimanding, uh, (laughs) supporting. Yeah. And it's all of those wrapped up and extra stuff that um, defines motherhood. Okay, awesome. Great. Um, what is the hardest part about being a mother? It doesn't come scripted. Okay. There is not an actual textbook written on how to be a mother. Mm -hmm. Many people have written books about their life experiences as a mom. But the thing is, it's different strokes for different folks. And that may have been what they have, uh, banked on as being a mom, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't come scripted because motherhood, uh, just being a mother per se it's from observation, it's from trial and error, and a lot of people tend to reflect and do the same thing that they said they would never do from sure. their parents or from their from their parents. And so it comes down through generations. You learn this through observation. It's a lot of things. But the key thing, it doesn't come scripted. There's no textbook that will suit everybody on how to be the perfect mom. That's true. That's true. Um, what is the most rep- uh, rewarding part about being a mother and motherhood? I think seeing someone that you've carried for five, seven, because some babies come premature Mm -hmm. and they survive to nine months of giving birth. But to see that little being start to morph out, go Mm -hmm. through their own metamorphosis experience and morph out to become an independent, self-thinking, self-doing whatever, and seeing the reflection of, of yourself in them. So I think that's the real joy of seeing that you were, you've been blessed to have the fruit of your womb that comes out and start to be their own little individual. Okay. Uh, next question. So you had me at 30. You got married at 28. You got me at 30. And now as I reflect, I'm 31. I'm not married. I don't have children yet. Um, and I'm like, I'm ready for that now. I'm like, I want to settle down. I want to get married. And 24-year-old me was not thinking that. I was thinking, let me just do my career. Focus, 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 focus. But you were a career woman as well as a full-time mom when you had me. So were you prepared at 30 to become a mom? Yes. Because I had I had 
some of my education, but not all of my education. Mm-hmm. I was full-time enjo- uh, employed. Uh, I had my pension and all of this stuff. So by the time your dad and I decided that we were going to have a child, we were secure in, in the sense that I knew I could financially take care of you. Mm-hmm. And then also your dad was there as a support. And we also had the extended family to help support and nurturing and raising you too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say yes, but don't look at a number because I know it's a lot of thing about 35 years old for women. It can sometimes be hard after 35 to have a child. Mm-hmm. But I beg to differ. I think as long as you take good care of your body, eat properly, exercise, take good care of you, that God is the one who blesses you to have a child. And there's no age limit on when you can have a child. And so I think when you have had your career set and have had the things that you want to do and you decide to be married and have a child, it makes it better because now you can give a part of yourself to that little individual. Mm -hmm. Having a child, you can't be selfish. True. And shout out to the uh, single mothers out there too because... I know a lot of people that are single mothers. I have family and friends that are single mothers, and I see how str- how they sometimes struggle to take care of um, their children, but they hold it down, and you guys are super strong and super, super, super incredible. So I definitely want to shout you out because you take, you're taking on the task of two people. Mm-hmm. Um, so kudos to you guys. Um, how did you find balance in like cur- like your career and having a child? Like, Were there things that you still wanted to do that you had to give up because you had a child? Like... How did you balance I think I learned to like balance it by prioritizing, prioritizing. Once, first of all, once you get married, it's no longer you by yourself. Yeah. It goes where you have another person. So when you're married, you just can't have a single minded, be a single minded individual. You have to start to think about us and we. Mm -hmm. And when you have a child, it has to be, yes, us and we and ours. But that's also if you're in a relationship. Yeah, if you're in a relationship. And so... With it, you learn to balance it. You learn to look at things as a priority. When you came along, the attention shifted to you. It was no uh-huh. longer the attention so much to your dad. Yeah. And then you have to balance it. And then and at the same time, if you're a career person, you got to look at how your job is one thing. And now, how jobs are set up. Sometimes you have the flex schedule where you can do it. And then there's some places uh, where jobs where they have the daycare where the parent can bring the child yeah. and have the child there while they go to work and do what they have to do so it's a balancing but at the same time you have to learn to prioritize and you don't want to neglect one or the other mm-hmm. you know so you became our priority to make sure you okay and I was home with you for the first five months which was great mm-hmm. you know so I was there with all the little nurturing I missed some of the little first step stuff but I was there with the first critical part of the nurturing you you know the first five months but it was a balancing act so you have to when you have children, you have to balance. When you have the husband, you have to balance. When you have Lots job, of sacrifices. And yeah, and prior, you can't be selfish. Prior. You you learn that yeah. it's not about you. It's about what's going to be best for the overall family. Yeah, and you got to make sure you have a child. And when you have a husband, it makes it when you have a good husband that welcome the child mm-hmm. and welcome you as the wife okay? or boyfriend. Because some people have boyfriends. Some do. Yeah, when they're there helping you and supporting you. Because having a child, it takes a lot of the mother. The mother is the one that changes the most in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Her body changes, everything, her hormones shift, all that stuff. So when you look at it, you when you have a child, you can't be selfish. And it's good when you have someone there, be, be you married to them, a support system that's going to help you yeah. raise that child. It's true. Um, okay, so mom, you lost your mom at a young age, at yeah. 12. Um, and she was 35 when she passed. What advice um, did grandma give to you 
that stuck with you? And I know you was raised by your grandmother too. So what advice from your grandmother and your mother um, that they gave to you that stuck with you throughout your life? Well, this actual Mother Day, Mother's Day, in the sequence of how it's fallen, yeah. it was Mother's Day, 1970. We saw her. She was in the hospital. She looked great. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that the next day on the 11th that she was going to die. Yeah. And so this year really marks 50 years since, your mom uh, since my mom uh, passed. So it's her 50th anniversary in heaven, you know, and and with her birthday this past last month, she would have been 85 this year. And so uh, when I think about it, the advice that my grandmother gave me is always, she was more the spiritual support. Mm-hmm. And with her being the spiritual support, one that was re- not only me, but my other siblings as well, my older brother and sister, her advice was, if you ever have a problem, get your Bible, cut that Bible. I mean, just flip your pages of the Bible, wherever the Bible page you land on. That's the message that you need from God for that day because it's going to help you. Mm-hmm. And I learned that was great because I used that. And even when I was in school, she said, if you're studying for a test, you know, always cut the Bible. If not, you study and you take your Bible and put it under your head when you go to sleep with your study notes and you'll pass your test. And that I, works. And I know it worked. It you worked passed for me. it to me. <laughs> yes, I passed it to you and you passed it to some friends yeah. that really helped them do well in the exam. So that was a nurturing of the spiritual aspect for my grandma. But my mother was one that I thought was like the, the best of everything, not knowing that she had to leave school at grade 11. Mm-hmm. And before she died, she had taken one part of her GED. Yeah. And she was looking to take the second part because she aced the first part. So she was looking. So I thought my mother was the most intelligent, most beautiful woman that there, uh, beautiful woman that existed. Mm-hmm. But her advice to me, I remember one time we were doing my homework at the table because you had to do homework before you went outside and parents had to sign off on the papers to go back to school the next day. Mm-hmm. She told me, she says, be better than me. I'm like, be better than her? I thought she was just the best. Mm-hmm. But that be better than her was talking about my academics. So that's why I just could not just just stop at one degree and I went on to pursue to get my PhD, to get my, my, my doctor's degree. So I pursued that because that was something that my mother had encouraged me about. And I think it passed over you because you've always aced out and on a roll and that was saying that's the same it's not a nerd. <laughs> it's about wanting to be excellent at yeah. what you do to show that you know the concepts of what you've been taught that was the same thing with me so that was apart from mom and the second advice that she gave me she says never fall in love with the first person that comes your way meaning the man whoever that comes your way never fall in love with the first person that comes your way because it may not be the right one for you and she was right I need that advice because I always fall in love <laughs> that, that come your way is not the right one and I think she was speaking of that from her relationship with my dad so that advice, never fall in love with the first one to come away because women and men both have a lot of choices. True. Choose your choices. Choose your options. Yeah, choose your options and your choice as well because, you know, you just choose your options. Yeah. You have choices. Choose them well. Um, I know if you can give some advice, this might be throwing you for a loop. As someone who has lost their mother at a young age um for I know several of my friends have lost their parents periodically throughout the years and their mothers and I don't I don't think I could ever phantom losing you or daddy um what advice do you have for those that might be experiencing that loss of their mother this mother's day like not having that presence with them what advice did you do you still hold on to I know it still bothers you that your mother's not here you know, what advice can you give to someone that's experiencing that loss? Well, I learned something and I reflect on this. Uh, when your mom passed, or your dad passed, or any parent passed uh, at an early age, sometimes you have to look at, look at your life and say, God knows the plans. And I look at Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that 
his plans towards us are good, are good to do mm-hmm. good for us, to, to give us hope, to give us a future. And because he loves us, so because I had that, that spiritual upbringing, I know that God didn't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I learned that some parents are just the incubators to get you to the next journey. Because if my mom hadn't passed, I would have never been in New York. I would have still been in Washington. I would have never met your father. So I start to reflect on that. Sometimes we don't like the hand that's dealt, Mm -hmm. but the fact is I think you get prepared before you get dealt that hand. Mm -hmm. Because I had learned to cook, wash, clean, and sew before I was seven. So when my mother passed, I was the one to help to actually arrange her funeral. I sat down with my stepdad and helped to, at 12, I helped to plan it, write the obituary, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's because I had the nurturing from my grandmother. And so with that, it prepared me Mm -hmm. for what was coming next in my life. So I will tell people, it will make you, when you have whatever your faith is, Mm -hmm. to hold on to your faith that this too will pass. And I think you have the memories that you can reflect on. You have the experiences that you can reflect on. And that's one of the things that will hold you and say, okay, that was their life. Let's celebrate that. But how do I take what they what they have, in you. have with, yeah, that they've instilled in me to make me better, yeah. to make me better. Because when you look at yourself in the mirror, I look at you and I can see my mom in you. Uh-huh. I look at myself, I can see my mother in me. Yeah. You know, I can look at my siblings and I can see aspects of my mother in them. And so parents, you know, they, they pass their genes on to you. So you really don't lose them per se. They're just separated from now from you. But your life, their life continues to live on. Through you. Through you. I look at you. My mother used to sing. I would sing sometime with the choirs and stuff like that mm-hmm. and lead worship. But you continued to do the legacy of my mother, who was a great singer. Mm-hmm. You started to sing and act and that was a part of her with the singing component mm-hmm. so her legacy still is being lived through you wow that's that's a huge legacy to carry so wow um my final question what advice would you give to yourself at my age now at 31 what advice would you give to yourself now you were married you had a child that was almost one if we're looking at I was I was a few months. I wasn't one yet. I was like five months. Mm-hmm. This in 1989. So, uh, what advice would you give to your 31 year old self from this age, looking back? Yeah, I'll say take risks. Okay. And that risk of that is to invest. Uh, when you get uh, witty inventions, when you get witty nuggets to come to you and say, try this and try that. A lot of times we. We stay in a safety bubble Mm -hmm. and we want to protect and just be where we're at and say, okay, I'm content with that. But when you have a desire about something, don't be afraid to take the risk on that because it will help you in the long run. So I I find if I had to tell my 31-year-old self, Mm -hmm. it would have been, go for it, take the risk and go for it. Because if I went for the things that was in my mind and my spirit back then, Oh man, to my leaving a legacy to your children's children, mm-hmm. generations where I've been making money in my sleep. <laughs> you know the risk. That's a dream. Risk. You know, I would love that. You know, and I, but it's not too late to do that. Sure. So I think when you get an idea in your mind that come, I think all ideas come from God because He wants to live out that experience because He gives you your heart's desire. Mm-hmm. He wants to have that experience through you. You know, because He's Spirit, and and you become the Earth suit in this world. To, to, to fulfill that so God get pleasures mm-hmm. pleasure from what you're doing you know because you get that idea and you're like oh I don't know how to do it it's a God given idea so go for it take the risk take the risk and go for it 
because if you don't do it, somebody else is going to pick it up. And you go, man, I, I should have done idea. that. I yeah. had that idea, but it's past you. True. And you can't, when you get an idea about something, it takes a long time for it to come back again where you can really make it work. Well, that's, so that's, you, not, so that's you, unfortunate. No, so yeah. you should do it. Just go for it and don't ever be afraid of taking okay. the risk on doing something that has been birthed in your heart and your spirit to do. Do it. Yeah. Go for Take it. Take the risk and, and gain the reward. That's what That's I it. Because yeah. you only have one life. And with that one life, you don't ever want to live your life with regrets. Now, I don't have regrets. Yeah. Because I know I still have that desire. And I know I've been really looking at doing that. So I have taken a few risks yeah. that y'all don't really know about. But I've taken... Are you holding out secrets? Well, it's good because it's going to bless you in the long run. <laughs> okay. You know, it'll bless you in the long run. So it's not keeping secrets, but it's, I took the risk and, and invested with things. Okay. Um, what, this is, I know I said that was the final question, but I have one more. Um, what is your wish for me? I wish you happiness and success. That's it? <laughs> not only that, but good health. Yes. Because yes, without sure. good health, you cannot obtain your wealth. True. And I, like I wish that. you happiness because you define your own happiness. No one else can make you happy but you. That's true. A lot of people find happiness in all false, false substances. You know, people, drugs, sex, whatever. Mm-hmm. But your happiness has to be defined by you, what makes you happy. And if you're happy about something and you go towards it, it's also going to mean you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Because your success is determined how much you put into it. You can't put anything into anything if you're not happy. That's so And I'm that type of person. Like so if I'm if not happy, happy, I'm not going to. When you're happy, yeah. you determine your own level of success because whatever it is that you're desiring to fulfill, your happiness is going to catapult you into going towards it day in and day out, yeah. doing it, and you become successful. You know, you, de- you determine your success too by how much work and effort that you put towards it. Okay. But you have to be happy within yourself first to go to gaze it. So, Good health, mm-hmm. happiness, mm-hmm. and success. Michael B. Jordan. Well, <laughs> I like Michael B. Jordan. I like Michael B. Jordan, but he did say something that he has to have. He, he hasn't found someone that be able to like really captivate his mind that he wants to just like. It's a, a little statement that he, he said, said he was emotionally unavailable, right? Yeah. Until he meets somebody that like changes that or something like that. Changes that yeah. state where he's not centered on what he's doing but now he's all caught up and only just want to be dealing with them. And I think that's good. Yeah. You can only meet people at the level that you are affected at. That's true. You know, I think no. I think overall you meet nobody but you. Mm-hmm. If you're at this level, it's easy to drop back down and try to pull somebody up to that level. But if you're at that level, you want to meet somebody that's at your mental consciousness. Mm-hmm. And if they may be a few high, a few levels higher than you, to want to pull you up to that level with them. But if you're at a level here, you should never drop down to compromise what you're about to try to <sighs> make somebody pull. Because it's easy to drop down, but it's hard getting back up to get back up there. That's true. You see, but if you're at that level, meet somebody at your same level. Of what you're thinking, what you're doing, because I think when you meet someone, you're talking about family, relationship, husband, and all that. You want to meet somebody who have the like that have the same mindset of wanting to achieve and want to promote you and want to uh, work with you to bless that whole union because the union is a corporation that you have a business that you work together with. That person supports you. You support, you support them. them. So yeah, you could possibly meet Michael. <laughs> Mommy, no. I don't count it out. <laughs> Because there's a similarity. You act and do all of this musical stuff, right? 
He's an actor too. That's true. Michael, look me up. So you, ne- so you never know. Yeah. You never know that you both could go boop, smart, go woo. Yes, your mind is beating my mind. You never know. That's for another episode. But mommy. you never know. You never know. <laughs> I think that well, the world is your oyster. This is true. The world is your oyster, and I think you have so many choices in life. You just have to choose the right choice. Anybody that knows me knows how much I love Michael B. Jordan, so just yeah. putting that out there. But, um, mommy, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being my mommy (laughs) um thank you for being on my show um again happy mother's day i hope i continue to make you proud yes um and i love you so much and to all the mothers out there um whatever kind of mother you are um happy mother's day i hope your days are filled with love and joy and support and family and good food because i love good food but also especially in this time that we're living in right now with this pandemic we're experiencing i hope you know granted your mother's day might be slightly different than years past but just know that you are loved you are appreciated and i hope your family show you that appreciation not only on mother's day but every day going forth because we could not survive without you so with love a brooklyn chick